All right, memory tracks. This is episode number 52, and it is 2021. And in perfect fashion, you just heard my first guest uh, for the year, which is this neighbor doing a chainsaw in <laughs> the back of the yard, which we thought we could avoid having, but um, it's okay. We're going to roll with it. I think we can still hear each other, but, uh, you know, it'll be okay. Listeners, I apologize for technical difficulties, but, you know, we'll roll with it. Um, and you might be asking, well, why are we outside recording the podcast? And I think you probably already know the answer to it. Um, and before I say it, I'll start with, I don't want this podcast to be about the thing we've all been talking about for the last 12 months. Uh, so we'll just address it up front and then we'll move past, uh, which is obviously it's the first COVID podcast I've recorded. And yeah, the last episode was October 28th, 2019, mm. number 51, which feels like ages ago. Um, and a few months after that, uh, everything changed and I never got around to figuring out how to do this again. But mm. recent events uh, encouraged me to make this happen um, and to make it happen safely, of course. And part of that is doing this outdoors so we can have a natural, organic, and comfortable conversation while still remaining safe. We've both tested uh, negative for COVID in the past few days, and we are safely distanced apart, Mm -hmm. and it feels really good. And now that that's out of the way, I just want to say, like, how excited and happy I am to be, like, able to do this again, especially to be able to do it again with you, my my guest for number 52, which is Mm -hmm. Gabby. Please say hello. (laughs) Thanks, Harrison. Hello, everyone. It's uh, it's really cool to have you on. Um, and, you know, the, the thing that makes this really special to me is we've been talking about doing this episode for a long time. Um, mm. And I think, you know, we kind of met uh, a few years ago through a mutual friend, uh, Rachel, who uh, it's an old episode mm. way back when. Um, and we kind of realized we had we're connected on different levels too because you also knew uh, one of my mentors and uh, former bosses and just you know lifelong friend uh, Lisa who's also mm-hmm. been on the show too uh, and we hit it off with just good music taste and a spirit of adventure and also you know busting our ass in uh, the <laughs> tech world of Austin so it's uh it's been cool getting to getting to be your friend and getting to know you and it's always special and I can bring somebody on that means a lot in that sense so thanks for being a part of it yeah thanks I I I feel like every conversation we have always goes over it's true (laughs) over schedule (laughs) we'll see how this one goes um been great getting to know you too Harrison oh well thank you um so, you know, the besides just wanting to record this with you, I think that, you know, there's another reason for why I'm doing this again. Um, you know, what's different as of a few days ago when I asked you to come on versus a few months ago and not wanting to do anything. Um, and I think, well, one, you know, this podcast is really special to me and it's not something that I ever think will just stop, but it comes in waves of when I like to do it and when I feel inspired to do it. Um, and uh, I was missing that wave for a while, but mm. I got it back, and it's really because of you and because of something that we've actually gotten to know each other better through, and I think we'll continue to do, which is um, the Andy Erotic Foundation. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I bring it up at the beginning of the episode because uh, typically, you know, what I've, every episode I've done, it's always been about a conversation between the guest and I, and this one will be the same. Um, but I do have like a reason for why I wanted to do this now uh, versus wait till later and, and have that wave catch again, which is, um, I think, like 30 minutes ago from recording this, uh, Amplify Austin kicked off, which mm-hmm. is a super cool um, fundraising event for, you know, basically every nonprofit and charitable organization in the Austin community and the Austin network. And it's dozens if not hundreds of groups that get involved um, and kind of try to get the city to rally behind giving money to their various causes um, and getting the community out and engaged and active and uh, giving back. Uh, I think the slogan is like, what is it? 
I, I live, live here. here. I give here. Yeah, uh, which is so cool. And, you know, I'm 15, 16 years in Austin now, and it's more important than ever, uh, especially after the freeze that we all went through a few weeks mm-hmm. ago. Um that we do our part to give back to the community. And, um, you know, I wanted to figure that out for myself and was introduced to the Andy Roddick Foundation. And uh, it's a really cool organization. Um, I joined it earlier this year on the uh, Leadership Council only to discover in the first meeting that you were also on it, which I had no idea. It's crazy. Um, and it's a handful of other folks that I know that are on it too. And so it's, it's awesome to find yourself in in good company another Um, lisa shout out yeah seriously yeah it's another lisa shout out for sure um we probably owe our drinks now after all this (laughs) um but uh we're both both you and i are are part of this group and um for amplify austin uh you know and i think about this podcast is is for us and we're doing this and it's not in any way related to the foundation but if you're listening to this and you know myself or you know gabby um or you know Austin, and you care about um, providing strong educational programs for mm-hmm. schools and families and students that uh, you know need it the most. Um, mm-hmm. uh, they're focused specifically on East Austin communities, uh, which is where we're recording right now. Um, and uh, we all know it doesn't take a lot of work to find the disparities that are out there in education. Mm-hmm. And last year in the pandemic that continues to go on has just really put um, a lot of disadvantages yeah. for everyone. But they were already there. They were already there. And, yeah, now the, the gap is just widening. And um, I've, I've really, it, it's been great to be a part of an organization that gives, lets you see the impact of things that matter but don't necessarily scale I feel like my day to day is trying to make things scale on a macro level but the Andy Roddick Foundation is doing something that is is meaningful and impactful to a a smaller group but we it's tangible we see it yes yeah really well said and I mean that's definitely what attracted me to to wanting to uh, to be a part of that um and, you know, if you are listening and you're like, oh, this is interesting, I want to learn more, I'll be sure and let you know more. Uh, and mm-hmm. Gabby will, too. And uh, there's a lot of good stuff online to read about the nearly 80,000 um, uh, students, I think, that were impacted by programming and content from uh, what Andy Roddick Foundation was able to do in 2020 alone. And I think that's like 20,000 uh, deliveries of actual activity kits for families mm-hmm. for programming of kids that you know aren't able to go into school anymore like basically everyone um and to get help close that gap in like you said a very real very tangible way and so if you feel like you want to give back and be a part of that uh check out the amplify pages um you know give a little bit of money it's going to go towards more activity kits and um you know meal coupons and things for uh, parents to work with their kids to make sure that they're developing during such a strange and bizarre time Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, provide opportunities for kids to have summer programming and camps and all sorts of really good, really important, really impactful things. Um, So hopefully you can give us uh, and the organization a little bit for that. but uh, there's a lot of really good causes out there right now and uh, just you know think about the impact that each of us can make um, and uh, you know what we can do for our community so Mm -hmm. uh, with that I feel like it's time to jump into this what do you think let's do it all right so Gabby's picked three songs I I told her today it's like I feel a little out of practice too you know guess you mentioned like oh you feel nervous or whatever I'm like Mm -hmm. well first off everybody does I do too, because it's been so long. Uh, so I'm trying to remember, you know, all the little things. Fortunately, I got the computer up and running, so that worked. Um, but uh, you know, refreshing myself, just saying it out loud. We'll play the first song. We're gonna listen to it together, and we'll jump back in once it's over and um, hear a little bit about it, and and then hear from you what your uh, what your story is and, and why that's uh, one of the songs that you picked as a really key memory tied back to that. Okay. Great. 
Perfect um, timing with the chainsaw. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the uh, first song for tonight is going to be by a group named Alabama Shakes, and it's called Rise to the Sun.
Alabama Shakes 2012's Boys and Girls album. I think they're like debut. They had like some EP and some blog stuff before. Uh, and really good song. You know, I never like that was not like a band I was around when it was big and new people love that band, but I, I never got like super tied into it. Um, I know Brittany Howard's like just an incredible mm-hmm. front woman and I love that trill guitar like throughout the whole like escalation up in the chorus. It sounds so cool. Um, and then I always think about like my, I've got family in Alabama and mm. I remember them like repping this band really early on and like, you gotta listen to these guys. So yeah, it's a, that's a cool, cool track cool band not really a band anymore right because she's solo i think yeah so they're I, like on i don't know what happened but it yeah. sounds like she broke off yeah um i haven't kept up with them as as much as i should based on like <laughs> what they mean to me at, at in this kind of part in my memory track yeah <laughs> um have you seen them live? I haven't, which I okay. feel like that's what would like. It's cook a me different in. experience. Yeah. So I learned about them, the seeing them live for the first time at South by Southwest on the Radio Day stage, which is in the Austin Convention Center. Mm-hmm. The acoustics are amazing. Um, I had it was my first year working at South by, and I had a coworker kind of pull me from a shift or maybe I had a lunch break. (laughs) He was like, you got to check out this band. Like they're going to be the next big thing. And went in not knowing anything about them. And Michael Kiwanuka was opening up for them. Who also, he was opening up for them. Elle King was in the audience and she just kept pointing out like all of these other um, music executives who were there to see Alabama shakes. And, when they open up, I mean, my jaw dropped and it stayed, my mouth stayed open the entire set. It was just like her voice is like liquid gold running through your ears. And it was just such a like moving experience. One being my first South by, um, two, um, getting that feeling of watching your new favorite band for the first time live. Yeah. Um, it's such a cool, cool experience. <laughs> you kind of real, you recognize it too, like in the moment. Yeah, chills. Yeah. Like it's it's so moving, and I haven't, I haven't had that experience again. Yeah. Since like, Alabama Shakes was like they set that, they set that tone for me, and I'll forever be chasing it. But it, it, you don't often get that. Like you often go to a show because you know the band, and right. you want to go and um, experience the songs that you know you like, and. So, um, that's, and, and then I, I didn't know what song to pick. I, I love, this is a great song. Um, but I think some of the lyrics remind me of the time in my life that I was into. Cause I, I started working my junior year of college mm-hmm. and I guess I was also trying to figure out like, where do I want to live when I graduate? What do I want to do? And the song this song in particular ties me ties me back to that a little bit but that's more of like a retrofit <laughs> i knew i wanted alabama shakes because um they're just they're awesome and i saw them again at, at an acl and on an outdoor stage it's just not not the same yeah you know, like not the same like richness of sound yeah but still an incredible band what so every every time I read about Alabama Shakes, it is always the same, a similar thing of like seeing them live is a difference. Different, and yeah. what I always hear is it's like, well, Brittany Howard is just such like a commanding presence on stage, and that's what really makes it. Mm-hmm. Like, had you ever seen somebody front a band like that before? And what is it about her that like just converted you that second? Mm her voice is just like its own distinct instrument. Like she gives it her all and it's, um, it's, it's a powerful voice. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like every South by you, uh, go chasing for the next Brittany Howard? (laughs) (laughs) You always trying to like 
relive some of that. Yeah. Yeah. I think every year I tried topping that one that was just like a great 2012 was a great year. Like, um, edge, they had Ed Sheeran singing to a room of like 50 people at the Hilton garden Inn. like, (laughs) (laughs) I, I remember hearing about that. I think I have a friend who always talks about, I saw Ed Sheeran play to like 30 people in Maggie Mays or something. Yeah. And, his audio equipment like cut out so he just like was like okay guys I'm gonna drop my guitar and I'm just gonna sing a cappella to y'all and um we had some some staffers who like spend half their year planning festivals in the UK and then half mm-hmm. they come and help with South by and their minds were just blown because they were like this guy is selling out arenas of like 2,000 people and here he is just like <laughs> Not even like a proper stage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I don't, I don't think a year ever topped that, but also I think that element of not knowing what to expect when you walk into a live show, I don't, I don't know if you've ever just had that, like, find you, I guess. Cause South by is so much of like you seeking out, things and discovering them but this one was like oh it it just like grabbed me yeah well, um, so I always forget that you had you worked at South by mm-hmm. for the years that you did how did you like how did you get connected in there and then like now I mean especially it's like we're it's gonna be different this year and then eventually you know hopefully it'll be what yeah. it was but like what does it mean to you through when you kind of reflect back on it um well, I got connected through a friend, uh, Jessica, who uh, I was in Texas Spirits with, and she was interning for Interactive. And um, she uh, she was just I, I she was sharing some cool things that she was getting to be a part of, and I um, I'd heard of it. I knew about the film festival, but I didn't know um, I didn't really know or appreciate what South by really was and then she mentioned that they were going to start an education conference and I was like ah yes I like TED talks were just taking off like I originally wanted to go to college to become a a teacher oh no way (laughs) and a volleyball coach (laughs) that's amazing I did not know that (laughs) and um but I knew that I had like the event planning itch because in all like my student orgs I was gravitating towards social chair <laughs> and so I was like maybe I can combine these passions mm-hmm. and interests and um she connected me with at the time there was one guy um who was whose responsibility it was to create like the interactive of education yeah and um got the internship and quickly like an internship grew into a full-time <laughs> need because it, it it took off yeah um and so I was there for four years scaling that event it, we doubled every year yeah. and um and so edu happens the week before interactive so once like our main event was done we got to help with some of the more like ancillary um, shifts and things for interactive music and film and so for the rest of the weeks I my shifts were kind of light too because we just went <laughs> been through our own ringer yeah and so um, got to make the most of the other conferences that's so cool you know it's like if, if you don't live in Austin you still know about South by Southwest but yeah it's just so important to like always remind ourselves of like how lucky we are to have an event like that yeah. that takes place because like I mean it, there's nothing else like it in the world and the way that it's evolved the intricacies that it's done and like what it means to like anybody who has lived in Austin it, like the, it's just crazy I mean I have so many stories yeah. and so much of like the world Austin comes to, to come you it. yeah it's crazy and uh, you know, there's like the I forget the like acronym for annoying old Austin people who are like get out of my lawn type <laughs> stuff. But um, you know, there's like there's the anti South by sentiment that a lot of people have had in the past, and you know, just always like we should all be so grateful for the opportunities yeah. that 
you know, two weeks of inconvenience for locals actually brings opportunity for all of us. And like, you're just such a perfect example of being a part of that community and then mm-hmm. like creating your, how you flourished through it and then beyond it. It's such a cool, cool Yeah. That's a, I, since I've left, I've not been as plugged into like just the community of being in an industry like I it was such an incredible first job just forgetting the exposure like the breadth of what an industry consists of what the trends are who the leading voices are and I was so so plugged in like I um now I kind of have to seek out yeah (laughs) what's what's trending what's going on pull myself out of the trenches but I think that's um I after a point, you know, I was, I was programming all of these really cool topics and, um, after a few cycles of that, okay, I was like, okay, I want to go deep in and jump in on one of these startups. (laughs) Um, but in terms of what it's done for Austin, it's like, it's just exposed the world to Austin. I think, um, Austin and the city of Austin and South by have a really great relationship because one one during the month of March, one cannot happen without the other. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm really proud of the, the team and what they're pulling off this year with the online content. And hopefully that just expands the reach and totally. um, accessibility to the event. Um, yeah. If there is a silver lining, <laughs> but yeah, I do no, miss it's, it. It's one of those things where it's just like, I mean, yeah, we're disappointed that it's the second year of, it not being what it was but mm-hmm. it is really cool to see how people are trying to make it be something still and yeah it's going to be different but sometimes different is good and I can't wait to see where it goes so yeah, yeah I mean talking about amplifying Austin like South by does it and it's such an important part of that fabric so it's really cool um, and uh, the South by EDU stuff is such like a thing that everyone associates the music and the mm-hmm. attack but EDU like you said it's just crazy how big it got too uh, and will continue to be so I can't wait for, for yeah. the, this next one and where we go from there shall we move to the next song? let's do it alright so song two and yep that is still the guy working on that chainsaw at 7pm on a Thursday night and it's dark but we're gonna continue to roll with it uh, second song is I mean if you don't know this one then <laughs> it's Lady Gaga's Bad Romance.
Bad romance, Lady Gaga. My mood just like went up a couple of notches. <laughs> I know we were singing up here. It was good. It was good shit. Um, that song's eleven years old. No. <laughs> oh my goodness. Isn't that crazy? Do you know how how many YouTube views it has? I have no idea. This was, I remember this was one of the first music videos to surpass one billion. It's oh at one point three right now. That's insane. And awesome. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's so cool. It's just incredible. I was thinking, like, as I was reading about it, and what I didn't realize is it was one of those, like, classic songs that leaked illegally, and then the artist, like, improved it and had a major event, and it became a hit, which was, like, she oh. debuted the fight, like, the official version at, like, Paris Fashion Week for an Alexander McQueen show or oh, something. Wow. You're like, well, of course, like, that yeah. makes sense. And then the other thing that I think is so, like, interesting about the song um, is not many artists, and there's also not many songs, where they actually pull off putting their own name in the chorus and having it not feel, huh. like, hokey or weird. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah, she's, like, Gaga's in the, in the chorus. <laughs> it, yeah, it's just, like, as a yeah. songwriter, like, putting that in, it's so funny to me, and it works so well. Uh, I love it. I, I, it made me want to, like, see if I could make a list of all of the songs like that where a singer songwriter did that but mm-hmm. that well, might be the best Bad one he's doing it all the time now <laughs> that's true yeah that's kind of <laughs> his stick uh and he does it quite well if i must say <laughs> yes he does uh baby uh so uh let's uh talk about why this is track number two for you yeah so we're going back in time just a couple years Um, I was Gaga obsessed in college and, um, this is, (laughs) I, this is a song where like, I can't wait for my kids to be like, mom, do you know this song? And I'm just going to be like, do I know this song? (laughs) And I know every dance move to the music video. I cut, we, (laughs) we were like the dorks at mixers when this song would come off, me and my friends would... (laughs) We knew every move <laughs> and it's, it just bring it like, it brings back like floods of college yes. just memories. And, yes. um, I was also like the friend where anytime there was Gaga news, like I'd get texts from multiple people, oh my God. like <laughs> just so you know, that's like me with Prince and Bowie shit. Yeah. I, that's really, like random gifts of that person. Yes. <laughs> and I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Owned it. Yep. But, um, so just a fun, fun song, but like sign of the times. Do you still know? Do you still know the dance moves? Um, a little bit. I might yeah. misplace like where they go, but yeah, yeah. I was, do- I was doing some of them. I'm like, cause that's the, that's the question that's on everyone's mind right now of like, okay, well, when it's, it's good to go back like to bars, it'd be safe, it'd be crazy and have some drinks. And like, we all want to go dance somewhere like dance and karaoke are like the two things that like, yeah. we can't wait for. And so I think everybody's had that conversation with themselves about like, what's that song that you cannot wait mm. to get back on the dance floor to. Yep. I'm wondering if like, that's going to, this is going to be yours. And you're gonna, yeah. Oh, yeah. that's how you'll be able to know that. I'm the millennial on the dance floor because I'm going to have my side part. Yes. I'm going to know the bad romance. Yes. <laughs> Wear my skinny jeans. Yes. And I'm not going to know any of the TikTok song dances. All right. <laughs> like I right. dread, I dread that coming back. 
to bars and that being like the cool thing to do because I don't know any of them. I know. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I sent it for TikTok like in week three of pandemic out of boredom and I'm overwhelmed and I can't get back into it. But, uh, yeah. I also just learned a couple weeks ago about the whole side part skinny jeans yeah. thing. Like that, like that's, we're old and uncool now, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I mean, oh well. Yeah. I guess we what are. emoji do you <laughs> laugh with? The one that I'm not supposed to because <laughs> <laughs> I'm old and uncool. Yes. I use the joy emoji all the time. <laughs> And I still, although I, even before it became uncool, I acknowledged that it was uncool, but I still do it, which is LOL. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. just, you can't, you can't teach an old dog back. new tricks, I guess. It's going to come <laughs> back just like bell bottoms. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's so <laughs> funny. Yeah. But at the same time, like we're talking about fashion going out of style and yet where are you going to get dressed up and be yeah. fashionable? So who knows what style will be like once uh, once we get to do that. But we'll see. <laughs> I got plenty of skinny jeans to try, though. <laughs> You're wearing a David Bowie shirt. I am, today. yeah. I am. It's, it's a, an old thrift store find, so I'll always be old and uncool, <laughs> but actually cool. <laughs> uh, man, yeah, Gaga's, it's a classic. How are you it's not a Gaga fan, though? Like, it's, You're just a hater. Yeah. No. I mean, it's, it's universal. I always think, like, what I think about, like, favorite Gaga memories, and I'm not by any means like a Gaga head, but, like, I, I recognize the greatness and I mm-hmm. love the hits, right? Uh, but I remember when she did the... Was it her? I feel like there was, like, the Super Bowl performance where she, like, parachuted in mm-hmm. and it was, like, CGI or something. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's just... Yeah, she like jumped off of the opening. Of yeah, the yeah. I feel one. like it's it's been like a meme for years now. But um, <laughs> have yeah, you seen her live? No. Yeah, I need to. Yeah, definitely. I need did to. the uh, Monster Ball tour. It's like, like in, the classic one, right? Yeah. yeah. Either oh nine or ten, and then one of the more recent ones at the Frank Irwin Center, like yeah. twenty. I, I remember just feeling like. Gaga's coming in town. This is like, I have to get it. This is a religious ceremony. Like right. she, mama monster is coming. We must yeah. <laughs> grace her. I remember reading, you're talking about Gaga and Bowie and that tour. And I remember reading when that tour came out, cause it, like won all sorts of awards. And like, it was like one of the best like touring productions of the time. Um, and I remember reading an article about how, inspired she was and like crafting that design and people that she hired to work with mm-hmm. from the I think it's the either the glass spiders or the crystal spiders or crystal ball tour I can't remember what it was called that Bowie did in the um, late 80s when his music started to become weirder but it like broke new ground for like what you could do with a stage production for a touring mm-hmm. musician and that everything I've read about that tour people who went to both of those which those are much older and much more uncool people than us. But just kidding, actually, I'm jealous. Uh, and uh, they're always like, yeah, no, Gaga did, like, took a torch from Bowie for sure and mm. earned it and, and made use of it in, in terms of how she thought about that. So it's cool stuff. Yeah. I'm, I'm jealous you got to see that. And I just love how she's evolved. Like, yeah. she, her, she's just pivoted her creative direction mm-hmm. just based on where she is which which I love it's, yeah. it's she has so many flavors it's hard to pull that off authentically yeah. and it feels like she never missteps that uh, mm-hmm. or if she does she very quickly like she did it because she was being authentic yeah you know, she's like yeah this is how I feel this season this is what we're gonna do do you think she'll be like one of those artists that will always be who she is and like relevant and can put out things into her and people will follow for like decades to come or do you think she'll just like mm-hmm. disappear because she wants to do like, I think she's in control of that I, yeah. I hope she just takes a break yeah. <laughs> and enjoys herself yeah totally um, but yeah I think she's she's always gonna have a really loyal fan base that's yeah. gonna support whatever she wants to do that's good well she'll be on my yeah. list for uh, people to see before I go. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's cool. So we move to the final? Let's do it. All right. So this one, 
I was super excited to be able to listen to again in headphones, and I can't wait to talk about it. Um, and the track is by the one and only Selena, and it's the Techno Cumbia remix. Here we go. This is serious music we are dealing with here. Only serious music. No le muevas tanto, alto. Este es el ritmo de mi cumbia que te va a mover. La techno cumbia que te traigo te da el placer para que muevas tu cuerpo de la cabeza a los pies. Y ahora que estamos de pie se repitan todos después. Techno Cumbia. 
the remix by Selena from the 1995 album Dreaming of You. Which I have in my lap because you have in your collection. I do, yeah. I mean, you know, she's the queen of Tejano music, which I feel like is my favorite title. I know that people Mm -hmm. will say, like, the Tejano, Madonna, or whatever. I just feel Mm -hmm. like that's such, like, a disservice to what she accomplished and who she was and you shouldn't have to compare everybody to somebody else and she's a queen and uh, when you think about the Texas pride and then also the Texas shame that I think so many of us have felt over these past few weeks with Mm. the freeze and the politics and seeing everybody come together then it's like it's when you pick this song I was just like damn like Selena and not even being that knowledgeable of a person, but about Selena and her music and, and things. Uh, just like, this is this is a Texas hero. Like, yeah. And so I was just so happy that we get to like close with um, you know, a woman who made such an impact and difference on yeah. um, you know, the Tejano community. And um, it just, it's amazing. And I, I can't wait to hear why you picked it. <laughs> and I also... I feel like I know that they just did the whole TV series thing yeah. and all this stuff, and I don't know enough about if people like it or not. I'm yeah. sure there's a lot of opinions, but uh, just a good reminder and, and to go deeper with Selena for me personally. So yeah, I'll leave it to good. you to figure out, uh, to share kind of, you know, what, <laughs> what it means to you. Um, Selena was just such a present artist in my childhood. Um, every one woman in my family was obsessed with her. And so I grew up being obsessed as well. And I remember when she passed away, like we mourned, like she was a relic, like it, um, I, I think, and I bond with other like Latinas who had a very similar, like just understanding of who Selena was and, and they're just the presence in childhood and not really like understanding but learning about it later I I watched the movie obsessively (laughs) um and now like I'll hear and I'm glad Austin bars will like keep her memory alive I still hear her yeah or pre-covid like she and Austin's doing a really good job of keeping her memory alive um I but yeah she she had just completed like her crossover album. Um, so yeah, you, you reflecting on that as kind of a first comment is, um, is, is a really great way to remember her. Um, but I, so the three songs are just kind of going back in time and Selena just kind of being the first, like most impactful artist for me. I think just, I wanted to pick something that was fun. Yeah. I don't I don't know if you pulled up the lyrics or <laughs> like listened to what how they translated, but yeah. she's she's essentially like peer pressuring people not like to not not be dancing. Yeah. Like she's calling people out for <laughs> sitting that like if you're if there's a dance floor and there's music playing, like you are up and you are you are participating and um I think that's uh, <laughs> that's the one I wanted to go with. I knew I wanted to do Selena, and that was like, okay, this this is this is the tone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's so interesting to like um, think, like you said, it, you know, it's it's from her her, her posthumous album, like the, mm-hmm. the final one, right? That she obviously still was ready to share with the world, and it is the crossover one where she has English and Spanish, and she mm-hmm. has the cover songs and. Um, and man, like just the potential, like what yeah. she could have done. It's, it's really tragic. The collabs we would have today. Oh, I know. Well, and <laughs> like, now you, you know, you mentioned that bunny earlier. You yeah. think about, um, just all of the different is pop music is starting to incorporate other cultures and mm-hmm. other things. And you're like, I mean, She's Selena was so ahead, so of, her ahead time. of that time. Um, and it's just, it's sad that uh, that's there. But to your point, yeah, it is great to see that, like, Austin will fight for Selena and, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of Texas cities will, yeah. too, in the same way that, you know, we revere 
Steve Ray Vaughan or whatnot. And mm-hmm. um, it's just, it's cool that we get to kind of claim part of Selena by being a part of Texas. And yeah. I mean, Corpus Christi, like, I, I, I've, I've been there a handful of times. Um, and I know that that's, you know, where, like, that I've was home for been. her. Uh, but it's a definitely a different part of Texas um, yeah. than than the parts that I'm you know I've lived in. But there's something so universal about Selena that mm-hmm. no matter what part you're from, like God, how can you not like that? How can you not? I mean, that's a perfect song because, like you said, it's just so fun. And mm-hmm. um, I did look at the translation. <laughs> My Spanish is not strong <laughs> enough to to know, so I, it, it is cool to see that. But I think her music transcended the language. Um, and, but it was also important that she used her. She was able to use Spanish and still move yeah. everybody, regardless of that. Not yeah. being a lyrical person, from my association with music, then it's like, like I just love when you still get the emotion and the feeling from things because of the way that people sing, uh, versus what it is that they sing about. Um, and yeah. I know she sings about it too, which mm-hmm. is incredible. So <laughs> it's so cool. Have you? You mentioned you haven't watched the Netflix series, but have you watched the movie? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like J-Lo's like, finest work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's so well done. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I haven't watched it I, obsessively. I probably now I'm thinking like, oh, we should add this to the weekend list. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's, it's really good. I'm still working through the Netflix series. It's, it's much so harder to get through. It's, there's less of, it, it's it's kind of sharing the spotlight with other family members. And so you're getting to see, you're getting Mm. to learn more about the characters uh, in Selena's orbit. Yeah. Um, they're they're not going deeper into who Selena was or, um, which I, I can appreciate it. It's just (laughs) taken me a while. I feel like it's obligatory for me to get through it and I'll reserve my critiques as long yeah. as you know they're they're keeping her memory alive and creating content for a newer generation it's yeah um but um i haven't read i haven't read too deeply uh the reviews yet yeah. i know i know there are mixed yeah. mixed opinions but um do you feel it's a thread that you still kind of are able to go back to with people from different parts of your life and it becomes Mm. like the unifying theme oh yeah I mean um I we still talk about her like in in my family like I I have like (laughs) I have her Barbies I one time I was gifted like a portrait like a painted portrait of her that's probably still up in my childhood bedroom back at home (laughs) (laughs) um we have uh we have like printed photo, like, um, like Kodak printed photographs of her in concert. I don't know who in my family went to her concert and That's took amazing. these front row, but they're like some cherished <laughs> photos that I have in an album. Um, yeah, it's, it's incredible how loyal I guess the culture has been in keeping her memory alive. Yeah. And I think that that's just, that's such an interesting, like just the loyalty. Like she, I don't think I'll ever get tired or feel like a song of hers grows, grows old. And I don't know other artists that I think I feel that with. I don't know if it's because like, of the scarcity and you know there's um it's just timeless i don't know like if if she would have kept producing music if well no because there are a lot of the hano classics where like if a an old song comes on like you you do right by it and you get up and you dance or you sing sing it out loud um yeah it's, it's hard to it's hard to think of another genre that like rivals that yeah. Yeah, it's like, you know, I, I feel like there's so, like, in Texas, it, it's very clear and obvious. I would be curious, like, for people who are listening from outside of Texas that know the headlines but don't know the importance. But it's just like I saw the other day, like, somebody 
uh, had tweeted something where it's like they were inside of like an HEB that like she had performed at to like promote an album at some point and they had like a side by side photos of like here's what that part of the HEB looks like now and here's the photo from when she was performing there and I don't know what era it was from mm-hmm. from like where she was at in her career when she was doing it but that's so Texan yeah. <laughs> so, and, and like the pride and the joy of, yeah. of like knowing that like all these years later I mean 95 and it's 2021 and people it still means that much to people and they mm-hmm. still want to like it's a legacy that will last forever yeah. um, and I mean you know Texas is really center for that um, but it does go beyond that and um, if you're not familiar with with her work then you'll be very rewarded by diving into it yeah so. dance into it yes <laughs> um man well i think we're we're coming to to a close and i just want to say thank you for for jumping on and making this happen and and talking to me thank you for setting it up and i'm so glad you can restart this back up you've got your own outdoor studio now It's we're fun. Gonna, we're gonna get you back on a production schedule. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, you're you definitely have the event planning skills to hold <laughs> me to task. So, <laughs> well, cool. Thank you so much, Gabby, um, and listeners. I don't know when the next one is. There will be no commitments, but um, <laughs> I love I love doing this. And thanks for being a part of it, Gabby. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Until next time. Cheers. Bye. Salud. <laughs>